right, welcome back, Cats and Kittens. We are here with another episode of Fest Type, a very special episode. I'm Steven Reese. I am the Mike Van Dusen Experience MVD. Yes, How you are. are you? I'm very good. It doesn't I'm look even like you showered today. Your hair's got a nice little grease to it, and I enjoy I it. I love how you compliment my appearance. But you smell but not so much this time. Fucking great, still. Uh, I'm in even better mood because we have Rachel Lark in the studio right now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rachel Lark looking at her in her beautiful multicolored sundress. I, guess I was is what told this is how we dress in LA. Yeah. I yeah. thought I could just. It, we said the blend. We didn't know if you got it or not. So I'm glad that you right. got it. Yes. Sweatpants are not allowed in LA, right. no, apparently. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, fewer yoga pants than the Bay Area, yeah. too, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> And she has her Uggs on, too, as I can tell. No, they're fry boots. Oh, I apologize. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> come on. <laughs> but yes, we have Rachel Lark in the studio. If you're interested in her, go follow her on Twitter, at Rachel Lark Music. Go on Spotify, listen to her songs. Uh, one of the most forward-thinking, well-articulated musicians, singers, songwriters out there. I cannot... Very Give well her high enough a praise. <laughs> so we had to reel her Make in. Make her feel more awkward. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we reeled her in the studio. We're going to drill her with some questions and let her talk and really express herself. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in your mind over there, Stephen? Nothing. Just how are you doing today, Rachel? Oh, I'm doing so good. <laughs> I love LA. It's really good to be here. What do you love about LA so much? Because you are from the Bay Area, San Francisco. I am. Yeah, and it's funny. There's a lot of hatred for LA in the Bay. And I think that... I was talking to my friend Nick about this, who was raised in San Francisco. I wasn't, but I've been there long enough to call it home. Um, But he was talking about how growing up, he always thought it was this rivalry that like LA hates the Bay as much as like the Bay (laughs) hates LA. And then you come to LA and everyone's just so nice. And they're like, oh, you're from San Francisco. That's cool. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yeah. (laughs) How neat. (laughs) They're not, they're not really aware of this rivalry. (laughs) It's very one-sided. And yeah, I just like, I, I think there's just so much cool art going on in LA. There's just, uh, it's huge. You didn't, you, you can't know it. You can't know the whole thing. There's just always more to know more little scenes, more little art galleries, more little pop-up things. It's just so much. All over the place. And we've been here for about four years. We're both from Midwest and the East Coast. And we think we're like, oh, yeah, we have a good hold on what's going on down here. Yeah, then you find a new new side of the city or something. And you're like, man, I'm ignorant. But there's so much going on. And every little thing, and it's just so highly populated. It's incredible. So uh, we have Rachel Lark here who sings about sex, drugs, heartbreak, and my favorite topic messy apartments oh a few God, things yeah. <laughs> totally. and they say you're an up-and-coming san francisco artist but i just want to take the up right out of it <laughs> <laughs> you came and you're all over it no well, pun thanks. intended yeah. <laughs> so when we listen to your songs and you know they are very unique i've never really heard somebody come out about it what kind of fans are you attracting to these um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's, there's a few like pretty clear, uh, scenes, I guess that really like my stuff. Um, there's the whole sex positive community, yeah. sort of like kinky poly, um, you know, non yeah. heteronormative people. Uh, th- those, those people are great. And it also helped that, um, Dan Savage, who's a sex writer in Seattle, um, has had me on his podcast oh, several times great. and that, you know, he's, he's like one of the patron saints of yeah. weird kinky sex. So taking um, the taboo. Out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, those, I really, those are like my people in a big way. Um, but then I have, uh, uh like more, electronic, uh, um, abstract, like dancey live looping set that I do. And that's sort of more the like psychedelic, uh, California festival scene. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) then they like that shit. Um, and then there's, uh, I was talking to you guys before we started about, uh, like storytelling shows are inviting me to play a lot. So there's this storytelling thing that's happening. And then there's also like college campuses. I've started doing a lot of college campuses and talking to the youngins. Um, (laughs) The youngins, You have to educate the youngins. Yeah, Yeah, the youth. Um, The best way to do is music. The young go-hards are lost out there. (laughs) But uh, so so it's gotten very diverse and it's it's definitely not, um, you know, I I came into this uh, mainly through music. I've always uh, wanted to be a musician and a Mm singer-songwriter. 
and I sort of stumbled upon like the political sex stuff, but that has opened up all these other less traditional paths um, for a musician. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's a it, there's all these little pockets of fans that I've developed in you know sort of not your typical like musician trajectory at all. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it opens you up to like play so many different places. Like you play like comedy clubs, you can play festivals, exactly. you can play everywhere now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> do you ever feel like some fans kind of miss the message of your music? Like I know you say like you're a musician first, but obviously some uh-huh. of your songs have pretty pretty good message there yeah. that go along with them. Do you ever feel like like I don't know, particularly like a college campus or something, like they find the comedy in it rather than the message that like comes across with it? Um, it's it's very likely that that happens. Uh, luckily, I don't usually hear about it, um, <laughs> but sometimes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean. There was one time I played at Stanford and it was for a freshman dorm and I mean, they were, you know, they're 18. <laughs> it was November. Like yeah. most of them are virgins probably. And this is a lot. Like I sing about period sex and date rape <laughs> and like it was just and like rimming and like, you know, they, it, it, the looks on their faces are just so like pained. It's just like they're red and they're uncomfortable and they're screaming, but they're laughing and they can't help it and they're like I, I could tell I was like putting images in their head that had not existed previously which is a weird definitely it's a culture shock it for them a culture really. shock. Yeah. yeah and um you know I think that some of these ideas are new um I do I sort of hope I think I suspect that there is a bit of like mind control that happens when you do a message like this through music which is that someone maybe doesn't agree with the message before the song starts, but by the end of it, they're singing along to it. Yeah, it's subliminally in there. And they think they've always felt that way at the end I of would hope so. the song. I would hope so, <laughs> especially for your music. And Not they, so much for the right. like racist and other types of music, but yours, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's this like crowd... Pr- I mean, look, it's a tool. It could be yeah. used for, for good or for evil. But I think that like once, you, once you're singing along with a bunch of people about period sex, you leave that room thinking that you're okay with period sex. You just don't, you know... You don't question it, and you get to pat yourself on the back for being like this awesome, awesome, open to my normal person. Yeah, that you should normal be. person. A normal person. All right, yeah. and you know, so. <laughs> no, that's a great correlation because when you really do think about that, it is similar to that. Because if you think yeah. about rap music and that's kind true. of the message that they're preaching, mm-hmm. and you go to that show and you're in that demographic of these people that buy into that message whether they bought into it before or after they listen to the rap music, they believe in a lot of the things that they're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's very true. So it's very, very cool that <laughs> you're putting a positive message on what is really real life. That yeah. there's no, you know, this is this is this is really what it is. That's what, is. that's what's funny about it. It's like they they might take it as like jokes and everything, but right. you're literally just stating yeah. like actual <laughs> like things that happen in real life. Yeah, <laughs> and the resonating effect that it has when they leave, and like you said, they're like, oh well, I've been okay with period sex the whole time. Well, they haven't. <laughs> but thank you to you. You've yeah. opened their eyes that like, well, no, this is a human being. Like these are things that go on. So, right. Totally. Very cool. When you're when you're picking shows and festivals, we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain formula where you're like, okay, yeah, I'll play here, or this doesn't fit my image or what I'm trying to promote? Oh, never, never. I just play <laughs> just wherever. The of everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I like because, that. Well, because okay, first of all, I'm a working musician, and you just yeah, have you can't to be say yes. picky. <laughs> um, but secondly, you know, if there's a place that isn't like in line with my values, then how much more important is it to like bring my songs to a place like that? You know? Yeah, that's true. I think like open the conversation rather than just say no. And yeah. then just let them continue to think that the way that they, that they do. Which totally. is, yeah. Well, that's a nice little segue. Cause we were discussing a very interesting event that happened before we got on the air right. about yeah. a particular music festival. Yeah. In Northern right. California. Yeah. So the other thing is, um, you know, the way you phrased the question is sort of, uh, how do I pick festivals? The reality is, you know, I'm I'm applying to festivals like it's my job. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, like, hope I get picked. And it's, you know, it's like 
I I get accepted into, you know, maybe 3% of the festivals I oh, apply really? to. Like it's yeah, yeah it's a pretty um, and a lot of festivals don't even have open applications. There's just, they just pick. Um, so, um, yeah, I sort of, <laughs> I recently had this experience where a festival actually came to me before applications were open and they were like, we'd love to have you. Um, and I was Stoked. like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And that usually means great. We're in, this is done. Yeah, done we're deal. Done deal. They came <laughs> yeah. to me and they said, yeah. we want you. They asked for my fee, gave him my fee, and I uh, said, cool, and can we have some like stuff for the website, some promotional stuff, great, gave them everything they need. They're like, cool, we'll get back to you, like firm this up um, within the week. week later, they contact me, and they're like, hey, it's not going to work out this year. Hmm. That's interesting. And I was like, well, and I thought my first thought is it's a bargaining tactic. Like I asked yeah, for way too like much money. It. And the thing is in this business, you never know how much fucking money to ask. It's I mean, you, you always the start range off with of amounts that I've played for is just massive. Like right. even in the past five months, you know? So you just, you make an educated guess about what you can get out of a situation. And I was like, oh, maybe I like way overshot at this time. So I was like, oh, well, is it the fee? Because I can totally be flexible and they said, no, uh, it's not the fee. The issue is that uh, we've already booked several female acts this year. <laughs> we've reached Jeez. the quote on vaginas. Yeah, that's it. No, no more. No, Sorry. they're not allowed. No more vaginas yeah. here. And my, my first reaction was just, I got like sad. I was like, oh, oh. And like none of my roommates were awake yet. And they're sort of my like... They're they're like my uh, development team. They're nice. <laughs> yeah, you <need> them. <laughs> who it's a support I sort of team. <laughs> run everything by. They wake up and you know we like have breakfast and we hang out and then after a while I'm like oh by the way um they like uh, remember that festival that like asked me to play they're like yeah yeah I was like well they they said that <laughs> they said that they like booked too many women already and so like i can't play and they just like did one of those like put their fork down <laughs> what oh i love your friends already. yeah right? <laughs> yeah and i was just like yeah isn't that fucked up and they're and my friend sean he's just like blast them fucking blast them yep. just do it just like I love all sean. over the place yeah. <laughs> and i was just like i don't know and i was like you know what else is funny or like what i was like it's international women's day oh, and like everybody's posting about it the heart. and then this festival made a post and they had like all these like heavy chicks like hula hooping and being like wah and there was like this post that says we are so excited to create a safe space for women oh. this year at our festival. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag International Women's Day. Hashtag Divine Feminine. Hashtag Women Rock. Um, <laughs> Just really going over. Really and going overboard. So I took a screenshot of the conversation and nice. I blacked out the booker's name. Smart. Um, but the conversation is very clear. Yeah. And I um, and I also texted Dan Savage and I was like, I'm going to do a tweet about this festival. Can you retweet it? And, you know, he's like, yes, I got you. And so then I just I just like attacked them everywhere, which was a hard decision because it really is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you, you just never know how those things are going to play well, and out. Like all these bookers talk to each other. They're all yeah, the same people. Right, like right. it's all connected. But you, Someone has to make a stand with that yeah, shit, Yeah, totally. And so I took a screenshot, and I did a post that was like, Happy International Women's Day. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag save space for women. Hashtag blow me. <laughs> and so, like, immediately, my phone starts blowing up. The oh. booker is trying to call oh. me. Like, all these people are trying to call me, and I'm just like, Ugh. I was going to get a little nervous. That's, that's usually, like, that's my right. fear of it. Not actually saying it it's just the aftermath yeah. of like your inbox blowing up yeah and the comment thread just starts going crazy and there's because yeah, everyone has the internet wars and the, it's just like it goes nuts and people start sharing it and there's just Jeez. and dan savage tweets about it and he's like He's like, how many women or too many women for a festival? Several, apparently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Well articulated. Um, yeah. And so um, 
I had uh, I had to go. I had like an appointment and I was like, what do I do? And my roommates are like, don't do anything. Like, let this run its course for a couple of hours and just, yeah. you know, don't talk to anybody for like a couple hours. Just let it do its thing. And um, and uh, the festival organizer got my number. And so he's texting me and calling me and he's just like, please take that down. Like, this is really hurting our organization. <laughs> Yeah, you, totally. Yeah, you're really hurting women. Not yeah. to interrupt you, but that is like, how dare they? Like, yeah. You're stopping me from making money. Yeah. You're, you're stopping my gender. And um, I waited until that night um, to talk to him on the phone, and then I figured I probably should. And um, what happened after that was basically several days of a negotiation where I was like, I want a public apology, and mm-hmm. I want you to announce uh, your new booking policy which will have an anti-discrimination clause nice. and will create a quota for the number of female artists at your festival. And eventually he did agree. Awesome. And so they did, um, they like made a big public apology and I'm now working with this festival organizer. Oh, that's awesome. To create a new booking policy. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll have something ready, you know, in a couple months. So it's amazing. It ended yeah. up okay, and I think I didn't ruin my career in the process. No, it sounds I, like you helped it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Open the conversation rather than just like shutting because he could have easily just said "fuck you" or like just blow me and then just blew this guy right. off. But opening the conversation, open the doors, and now you're working with him to better his stuff. And totally, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Fucking men, man. Yeah, what an <laughs> asshole, though. Dude. What a dick. I just want to say two things. First, first and foremost, you have a great development team that you've surrounded. <laughs> yeah, right? I really yeah, do. Yeah, very much I so. love all of them. And second <laughs> off, how dare he uses the... Eventually, you got to that point. It's right. Like, yeah, you had that's to negotiate true. with this closed-minded human being about something that's just... If you're good at... Like, I don't understand. Well, it's... You know, there's... Okay, there's a couple things going on. One, he was freaking out. I mean, you he know... He should be. He should... Yeah. He, yeah, should he absolutely be. should be, yeah. Um... And, you know, one argument he tried to give, he was sort of like, he's like, this doesn't represent our festival. And of all the festivals for, and I got, I got this feedback from a lot of people too, because they're mutual friends who tried to contact me who were like, this is Mm -hmm. not the festival. They are so good. They're so sweet. They're doing it right. Like, don't like shit on this festival. And I'm like, but this is where it happened. Exactly. They're hiring people who... Like who do endorse these types of attitudes? So. And, yeah, and who? I mean, and and I think that it would be easy to just say, "Oh, this Booker just acted on their own and said something awful," and I don't yeah. believe that's what's going on. I That'd think that they, yeah. yeah, right. I think that Absolutely. they expressed something that's pervasive throughout the entire festival community, which is that if you let too many women in, it turns into Lilith Fair, yeah, and it's just not a real festival anymore. <laughs> it's just a bunch of girls. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, it discredits the festival the now. Like, the little fair reference. That's amazing. Spot. That's amazing. And yeah, and so you know, I like had to sort of. So I think the other thing that's going on. So one, he was panicked, and I just, I get, I give him some credit. Like, yeah, I think he should have handled it better, quicker. Um, but I'm also like, okay, he was freaked out, and he's just like this small festival organizer trying to run this, like, I mean, you know, freaking out about his make or break year and all the bad press he's going to get. And, um, but the other thing is that sometimes people think that when they listen to a lot of good music and they hang out at hippie festivals and they, you know, like buy organic food and they meditate that they've done all the work that yeah. they need to they, do yeah. to like, you know, fix themselves and whatever privilege true. and depression exists in society. And it's not the case. And we all fuck up right. and yeah, we all true. have to just own up to it. Very you much know? so. So um, I think it's I think it's really devastating sometimes when these like really, really well intentioned hippie guys 
realize they need to do more work. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, hippie women too, but that's you right. know. well, yeah, because right. it's it's almost like that. It's hippie become like a trend at this point. You know, like you said, it's cool to like do yoga and like do all those things. It's like yes, you're you're bettering the earth, but are you bettering society? Right. Or like, what are you doing to give back, or what do you? Or are you even being a normal person and yeah. accepting others for who they are? And also, oppression yeah. doesn't work through people's intentions. Yeah, that's you very need true. policies to fix that shit. You can't just like put your goodwill in the world and fix system like systemic right problems <laughs> it's not how it works and it's almost like these people go through the motions because they feel like oh well i'm supposed to do this to do that and it's like not the point the point is you're supposed to open your mind and like whoa this is really what's going on and this is what's really wrong with society yeah. not like oh well i do yoga so now everything's cool with the right. yeah, exactly and like i accept everybody well you clearly don't yeah you know, actions speak louder than words i don't care what you like quote to me or so. even like how they view it they probably saying it's like oh we have enough uh female artists like that's enough for a female quota like, that'll bring judged, in the females yeah. enough right. like right. that's yeah. that's, that's, and when that's is not that, how you, and when has that ever sense. been said of the number of male performers exactly. on a festival never. Like, you know never and the thing is and what's crazy about it is that like um i have a good friend named kate willett who's a comedian in la now and um uh, you know, she talks about how the comedy scene had to go through this. Oh yeah, it's rough. Massive upheaval as well, and and one thing that helped is that the comedy promoters started realizing that people like seeing women and people of color on stage. They're actually yeah. sick of listening to just, just white males, straight just white men. You talk know, talk about the same bullshit, right? And it's actually so. I I just don't actually think this um, concern exists i don't think that or i don't think this concern is warranted i think that if people go to festivals and they see a bunch of badass female musicians they're stoked exactly well, i don't think the that thing. they're just like what is this Another, I, you know what I, paid for. I would never be like like stevie <laughs> nicks is an amazing performer like oh stevie she's not as good as so and so like you you just like performers because they're performers like right. you're never gonna say they're not as good like it's that's what i like it's just such an old man mindset. It's the old white <laughs> it man. It's perce- just, and it's just like that's the one ridiculous. perception of, of life is through that one set of eyes. It's yeah. like the, the white man that's dominated the fucking like society. So it's, I'm glad. I'm so happy that you decided to send that tweet and like yeah. stick by your gun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, bullshit, guys. Man. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that, so that is bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're right. There are like a lot of music festivals that even though they're promoting this whole hippie free, we promote all equality image that behind it it's still a business and some yeah there are still the same tactics that are happening and hopefully i mean we'll see how this this process goes in writing this policy but i'd like to try to take it to other festivals yeah, afterwards and absolutely because i don't think that there are booking policies honestly i never until you said something never i didn't realize there it. were there weren't that many no. female artists like the at festivals and stuff, it is a, mainly a male artist game, oh, yeah. and I so, just never even took notice. <laughs> totally. So there's a great project. You guys can look it up online. I'm not sure like what the name of it is, but there are people who have blocked out. They've taken festival posters, mm-hmm. and they take out all the male acts. Oh, jeez. So you can see the poster with the bands oh, that have women in them. Visuals. Yeah. And it's great. just... It's not many, I bet. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like many. two or three on a, yeah. you know... Hits you right in your face. You can't avoid that when it's yeah. like when you no, do you things can't. like that. That's right. great. Yes. Totally. Unbelievable. Uh, so just to touch on Rachel Lark here, she has... You have three albums out, if we're counting your I guess Christmas so. The album. Christmas album. Yeah, totally. Coming for the holidays. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have the best names of your albums. We're trying to think of a good punny yeah. names for this interview. We, we come up with not good. Lark we're after not good Dark, we're like, you know what? Let's just hang up the yeah, boots we got on that. Nothing. That is the yeah. fucking best name. Uh, she had a 2014 debut EP, I Wouldn't Worry. And then our first full-length album, Lark After Dark. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, her Christmas album, Hung for the Holidays, and 2015's Vagenius. Did I say that correctly? You did. Now, Vagenius. You, another great one. That was a Kickstarter-funded album along with a music video for Warm, Bloody, and Tender. Did you expect to fund your entire album off that Kickstarter, or was this just like, I'm hoping that I can get enough support for this? I So I... And I always recommend to artists, uh, if they're going to do a crowdfunding campaign, to start small. Um, Very smart because you learn you learn a lot um, the first time you do it and the first Kickstarter I did was actually just to print my first album Lark After Dark so I'd already recorded it I'd already done the live show 
And I just thought, all right, I just need like $1,500 to print a thousand of these. And I'll just try to like raise that. And my thinking at the time was like, well, maybe I'll get some and I'll just cover the rest myself, but it'll help. And um, I ended up getting $4,000. Oh, wow. So, um, so that, and that really like, if you start small like that, you just get a lot of data about like how much your average contribution was and what your reach actually is. And, you know, and then you can do some, some reading to figure out like, well, what can you expect on the next Kickstarter? Because you can usually expect everyone who contributed on the first one to contribute contribute again. So I, I definitely, um, I spent months and months planning and budgeting. Um, and initially the music video I wanted to cost $5,000. I was like, I should do a music video. That's- as soon as there were a lot of things about this concept, it was my first music video. Um, and the concept involved making a big mess. Um, I like it. <laughs> and there are a few things that make a video very, very expensive. And um, uh, making a big mess is one of them because it means <laughs> you have to uh, build your own set because no one's going to let you ruin it. And exactly. I mean, we destroyed it and we built that room. So like we built a room within a warehouse, like a fake dining room. Um, so that cost a lot of money. But the other thing is you only get one take for a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, because you can't rebuild. So you need the good cameras you need. We we had to hire an AC who, who pulls the focus because you can't risk the shot being Very out true. of focus. And so, you know, there's a lot of things in this concept that as as we started to figure it out it was like oh man this is gonna cost like 12 or thirteen thousand dollars <laughs> easy so um so yeah i you know i at first i was like i'll do a kickstarter for five thousand dollars and then i was like all right i guess i have to do ten thousand and i was like Fuck. <laughs> all right um and you know i i made the calculation at the time i was like i'm not i, I can't get 20 yet i can't get twenty thousand. i'm just not there yet but i think i could maybe get 13 so I made the goal thirteen thousand five hundred, and then I hit my stretch goal, which was um, fifteen thousand. So yeah, that's it, awesome. Yeah, it worked maybe that out. twenty thousand is pretty close. I think <laughs> it might be. I yeah, um, there. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to fund some of my next projects. I'm thinking possibly Patreon, possibly Kickstarter again. It's a lot to think about. But my advice to anybody who ever does crowdfunding campaign is just to plan the shit out of it you just really need to make sure that you can get your goal yeah. and like think about like how many people in each tier you can realistically get and because you lose it if you don't reach the certain amount right you do yeah because yeah. i've had a lot of friends try to do web series and yeah they tried it way too way too high and they just ambitious. lost, lost a little of everything you see other people doing it and, exactly. you, and you think well i'm kind of where they are yeah. and i can kind of do it but they're probably doing a lot of things exactly. to make that happen that you're not aware of that's yeah if you don't if you don't have the wheels in motion or like a fan yeah. base or something you're pretty much just asking your parents for money right yeah you just set up a website if you're for it. beyond the yeah. five thousand mark you gotta yeah. get out of your social circle that's not yeah. gonna work exactly <laughs> very true so do you want to play a song real quick steven yeah sure all right i was thinking you kind of hate girls it's the lead track f of the genius it's her 2015 effort what do you think about that you're a man with the information yeah i am it's crazy what smartphones can do for you all right so we'll be right back after we play this beautiful song from rachel lark You can't change what you like But if what you like is what society likes And society is sick Then maybe you're a dick I'm not sure what you mean by chill I party, do drugs, and I'm on the pill But I've been noticing that you're kind of preferential For the meek and the skinny and the deferential Hey, you're in your browser history Hey you Cultured guy You like 
listen, but not when they reply. I guess no one told you we get wet another way I get that you're deterred by my pussy being hairy But I went through puberty and looking 12 is kind of scary You see, right? You say it is the condom, but it is my self-esteem My eagerness for sex and my demands for clarity Whatever it is that's killing your boner Just eat my fucking pussy, you misogynistic stoner Hey, your liberal arts degree ain't reflected in your browser are great and you'd even pay for half well look at you and you won't be intimidated when a woman buys your gas but think about what you're perpetuating when you say i'm not right for actual dating you've left me with a very awkward choice i can only shine so bright if i want a boy song so much <laughs> it's a good one yeah it's one of the better ones it. i would listen to it on repeat as i was walking around my security <laughs> post and uh i was singing it to a raccoon yesterday actually he was not frightened That's by a me true at all. story he's told me multiple times i serenaded him i wish i would have had it for the coyote the night before but fortunately you, you cross more wildlife than people into your security job well you know steven i'm a wild animal myself so <laughs> they come to me would you be able to speak a little bit on that song? Uh, would, did you, how did that come about? Do you write, do you come like with a story that you're like, I want to get a point across? Or do you come with like a beat or something on the ukulele like, okay, now I'll fit something to this? Or is it all across the board? Uh, yeah, it does vary. That song in particular, I co-wrote with um, my friend that I previously mentioned, Kate Willett. And um, so there, you know, a lot of, these specific sort of anecdotes and complaints really came from her on that song. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we really, we just wrote another song together called it's hard to be a feminist and still want Dick. And, um, it's, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like all when we get together, that's, that's all we can really talk about is just like patriarchy for three hours and then we go home. Um, and so, you know, we have like that great relationship where we can pull out those zingers from each other, um, cause you know, we, we feel so similarly, but ordinarily my songwriting process, it probably, it, I think there's only been a couple times when, when I go into it thinking this is the point that I want to make. Okay. Usually it's like something personal that like there has to be some kind of like personal complaint or confusion that I need to flesh out. And you just need to get it out somehow. I, yeah. yeah. And often, like, the stories are fictional, but there's something I relate to right. in it. You know, there's some kind of, like, uh, like there's a song called Fuck 69 that I wrote because um, uh, the host of the storytelling show that I write custom songs for, she was like, we need a vanilla song. Like, we've got all these, like, <laughs> kinky songs, but we need a song that's, like, vanilla and proud. And I was sort of like, I don't know. I mean, like... I'm not terribly vanilla, and I, was I just don't. Say yeah, that. <laughs> that's not really my flavor. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but, and I'm not even that against 69. I just think that it's so stupid how much it attention is. it gets. It's like treated like it's the like makes no sense the thing, man. It just makes sense. You got someone's butt in your face. So much butt in your face. So much. You can't breathe. That br- the 
air's going circulate around the butt. If it's it comes just into much. the routine yeah. naturally, you're like, all right, cool, we'll do this. No, for a well, I mean, my but thing is take, take, exactly. take, take turns. It's not a goal. <laughs> take turns. It's not a goal. It's exactly. A, if it's a transitional exactly. state, I'm fine with it. Right. But it's yeah. So I, you know, so I wrote that song from the point of view of sort of a married woman who's like feels pressured to spice up her vanilla sex life and then in the end is like no i just like fucking and missionary and (laughs) that's great and i'm fine with it you know that's not that's not me but like i i i resonate with it and i it was like a way for me to sort of like flesh out that process of you know, trying trying to do this crazy thing because you feel like you should, <laughs> yeah. and it's like fuck it. Yeah. If you it don't want to, you don't do it. It is pressure. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's like the, the it's like movie movies and TV talk about it. Like, yeah, it's like I'm the holy grail or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's not 69. pleasant for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a it's just it unpleasant a thing. And what she speaks about in that song, like, yeah, missionary gets the job done. Yeah, sixty nine <laughs> almost speaks to the culture where like you want everything now, instantaneous. Like this is the cool thing to change. After yeah. it's like make your own mind up if you like it, cool, but if not, then whatever because it's yeah, not it's, really it's not for everyone. Well, no. I think that's the thing with no. sex that a lot of people don't get. It's like, not everything is for everyone. Like, you're gonna like you're gonna have your kinks, you're gonna have your pleasures, you're gonna have different things. Like, sex is exploration, go explore, but just don't get hung up on something like I have to do this or totally. they have to do that. Yeah, because it's such a private and intimate thing, it's yeah. like you can't ever give any anything more personal and how dare you try to let somebody else tell you what you should be doing in that when you close the door with somebody that you care about and you're giving that to them so fuck that bullshit as well yeah Yeah, because it's just fucked (laughs) it's just like another way people are trying to control your thinking and what you're doing it's like no you know what I got that covered. I'm confused on a lot of things in life I don't need this I don't need this I get that so if you could pick like another artist that resonates with the same message that you resonate with, who would you pick to like go on like a nice little mini tour with? Ooh, yeah. I think about that a lot because a lot of times people come up to me and they're like, have you heard of this sex funny artist? And I usually haven't because I don't mm-hmm. usually listen to like comedy music yeah. and I don't listen to like, like a lot of like dirty music is like, it's true. Uh, it's kind of stupid. So <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, um, but that said, I mean, there are definitely some artists who's, you know, who are artistically and um, in terms of their views, their performance, I feel like would be like an awesome fit. And you know, like Amanda Palmer would be like a dream to go on tour with. I feel like that would be amazing. Um, I feel like it'd be really cool to go on tour with Peaches, but I actually don't Ooh. think I'm like anywhere near sexual cool. enough to go on tour with Peaches. I sing about sex. She like, is it's sex. sex. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great lead in, though. It's true. <laughs> Lube up the audience. That's true. Yeah, this is the foreplay, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Totally. Um, so you know, and I love both of those artists uh, very much. But you know, growing up, I listened to a lot of. Um, a lot of singer songwriters for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but also a lot of progressive rock and a lot of like artists that I would not pair with at all. (laughs) Like (laughs) it wouldn't make any sense. Um, a lot of funk, a lot of hip hop. Awesome. We fucking love funk. Yeah. Yeah. I love hip hop as well. Yeah. Funk is just a, uh, it's a fun word to say too. It is. It is. George Clinton, the parlor. Yeah. P funks. P funks. I feel like we talk about George Clinton every episode. <laughs> you got it. Every in. <laughs> every episode we've talked about George Clinton. And whenever I think of George Clinton, I just have like a, a floating head image of him like in the clouds, just like with his sunglasses, like giving me a thumbs up. The, like, the multicolor and like, the rainbow dreads. Yeah. And he's not dead yet. No, no. right? With all these musicians. He's watching over us. Yeah. He's not even dead yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we have to continue to say his name. We do. We're, we're keeping, we're him, keeping alive. him alive yeah, by speaking his name. <laughs> So who do you listen to? You said you listen to a lot of uh, progressive rock. Who shaped Rachel Lark that we see right now in front of us growing up? Were there certain artists that were like, You know, I think when I look at my music and I try to find its sources and who I listened to, I actually think the biggest influence was musicals, was Broadway musicals. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was in a lot of musicals as a kid. Um, Same. And so (laughs) the storytelling, the drama, the like sort of... That, like, moment where you, like, favorite thing about being 
a singer is just getting to hit that moment of like, and the chorus. And yeah. it just feels so good. And Broadway really gets that. It's pretty so, awesome. So, you know, like my favorite musicals were like Little Shop of Horrors. I still know oh, that's, every that's word to. It's so good. It's so twisted and weird. It and is. like, yeah. So, um, and, and I was, I, I loved, I, th- I thought I wanted to be a theater actress when I was really little. I was like, mm-hmm. one or the other, rock star, theater. <laughs> it's clearly going to be one mm-hmm. of the two. Um, you know, so like being in dance numbers and choruses and stuff is just oh, it's the best. It was awesome. But in terms of like the, the artists that I listened to, the first CD I ever bought was Fiona Apple title. Oh, nice. Well, Fiona Apple. And, um, and that's, I still can't believe she was 19 when she did that album. I can't believe yeah, that it. That was, it's wild to think back. Cause you're like, yeah, man, I was geez. fucking 19. I was, I was an geez. idiot. Uh, yeah. She yeah. was huge. She was big and, back then. Too. Yeah, yeah. She, she was like the '90s. She was. Her and Alanis Morissette were the '90s. You know, <laughs> it was a golden age of female singer songwriters. It really was. It was incredible. It was like women were just like exploding on the radio with like number one hits. I mean, right? yeah, Alanis Morissette yeah. was fucking huge, and she wore flannel huge. shirts and jeans. And just like did her own yeah, thing. Yeah, did her own thing. I Didn't just give saw. A shit. Um, I just saw Joan Osborne. Really? At <laughs> in uh, Oakland. Awesome. And here's the thing about Joan Osborne that most people don't know. You know, they know what if God was one of us. Yeah, everyone knows that. But um, before she did that, uh, she had this whole era of like funk and blues, and she was. Uh, she was a backup singer for the Funk Brothers. Oh, wow. And my first love of Joan Osborne started with her album called Early Recordings. Highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, check it's, that out. Yeah. it's incredible. It's a live album. It's a collection of all these like old like soul blues shows she did in what in my mental image is like a rowdy small bar. She's like shouting yeah. all the time. And, she, and I emulate like most of my sort of vocal like the growl and screams that I do are like from that album I was walking around at like age eight <laughs> like walking around like uh, 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 like trying to like get this like growl to work and my parents are like keep it up honey you'll get it soon just keep practicing like, uh, uh, uh. like <laughs> you got it <laughs> you're so close that's, that's it <laughs> so close yeah but then like high school is when like the weird i got into like i, I love king crimson i got into king Ooh, crimson nice. in a big yeah, way. Real, real prog rock <laughs> yeah 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 um i mean i liked you know i liked mars volta and mm-hmm. um dream theater and like, that stuff too but i loved the playfulness and the incredible like virtuosity of King Crimson. It's just like amazing. Um, And, um, and weird shit, you know, that's when I got into Bjork and a lot of electronic music. And um, so it's just, I've always been like all over the map, you know, I just like it when it's good. That's fun. I'd say that's the best. Always let my ears tell me Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Can't really tie down just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it's, I saw you're going on tour overseas after this. I know. I would say, is oh this God, like your so first soon. time going over or it's my second time? So how do those like crowds compare? Cause I, I saw you're going to like Switzerland, which is a much more forward thinking place than a lot of places in America. So the last time I went to Europe, I pretty much just stayed in Berlin mm-hmm. and Berlin is amazing, Yeah, but it's also very like, it's got a lot of Americans and a lot of Brits. So, okay. you, you know, they, I like I hung out with Germans, but the crowds are like full of okay. people, yeah. that, like people that would live in the Bay Area, it's, you know. So, <laughs> OK, that makes sense. Um, And and they all speak English really well, either because they're that's native really, speakers or that's what I hear. That is like a lot of people in Europe know how to speak English very, very, very well. Oh, um, yeah. To the point of. Better than most Americans. Oh yeah, really. definitely, definitely. It's I'm. It's a blessing and a curse that we were born speaking English yeah. because like we don't really need to learn any other languages. <laughs> no, I know. It's um, sad. But in Berlin, the I mean, the audiences were great. They were. Um, they're really. They're really weird over there. They're really kinky. They're really like they, yeah, funny. Yeah, like a sexually open like oh, yeah. environment they is like Amsterdam it, and Germany. Yeah. kink was they, basically invented in Berlin. So they're they're totally 
they're a lot of fun. I just had a blast in Berlin. Um, but this time I'm going to uh, Zurich um, to play an erotic art festival. Ooh. I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I am Who too. Who knows what's going to go and on And I hear, so I've never been to Switzerland before, and I hear really interesting things about the Swiss culture. Apparently they all own guns, but no bullets. I hear things like that. Right? <laughs> it's fucking weird. So I'm excited. I hear <laughs> things like, like land doesn't belong to anyone, but it belongs to like everyone. Oh, so they get it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like basically, like literally you can't own idea. land, like people can come through like your backyard and just hang well, out if they want. Digress, but it's like, how can you own anything? Like that's, that's it's another true. thing I try to think about. Like, how can you own an earth that nobody ever bought? Right. Like, I don't true. understand that at all. But, totally. But when you say things like that, that makes me think even like, <laughs> man, erotic art, what do they really think it is? Yeah. Fuck. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's, I what's, need what's, to know now. I don't even know what my version yeah, of erotic art yeah. is. I don't want to know what their version is. Like, fuck. Man, I gotta know about this. Yeah, I'll report back. I'm very And then I'm also going to London and Manchester for the first time. Oh, London's so, beautiful. Yeah, I'm just London's so excited. Place. I've never. I, I went to London once when I was like eight years old, briefly. That doesn't count. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I feel like anything like almost under 14, 15, uh, that doesn't count. Doesn't no. really. No. It's a stupid fucking no. thing. <laughs> that was not life. I was just walking around with my parents. Can we go to McDonald's? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> totally. Even if you were doing things, your interest was somewhere else. It was just right. going home, watching yeah. cartoons or something. Yeah. I do remember climbing on a bunch of castle ruins, though. That's the that's thing that's awesome. crazy about Europe. You're just like ruins. Yeah, there's ruins. There's Whatever. Like ancient it's things like a, everywhere. Some broken castle in so It's lame, yeah. dude. King used to live there. Some king. Just kicking like, rocks and shit. Right. Like, Screw this, <laughs> Rachel Lark, once again, uh, you can find her at Rachel Lark Music. She's going to be doing a couple of shows here in California. Friday, May 6th, Nevada City, California at the Haven Underground. Wednesday, May 11th, San Francisco, California at Body Storytelling, which she frequents quite often. Quite often. And then Sunday, May 15th, Oakland, California at Rose Avenue Acoustic Delights. Catch her there before she heads over to these beautiful Yeah, so she takes mines. over Europe. Yeah. <laughs> They don't even fucking know. Yeah. Either. <laughs> they don't fucking know. So you performed at Burning Man and Joshua Tree Music Festival. Is that correct? It is correct. All right. I, I, I do always want to go to Burning correct. Man. How yeah. how was Burning Man? We've never been. We do like music. Oh, festivals, you guys should go. Well, so I, well, I hear because well, it's so hard with the tickets and everything now. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very very hard. Like, it's always been hard to go to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be hard to go to yeah. Burning Man. That's part of what makes it so cool. Is that like that's true? Everybody who's there has really worked hard to get there. Nobody, you know. Yeah, just, it's like oh, I just feel like going. Like, oh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Burning Man. Yeah, I can do. But the thing about it is, it's not a music festival. No, it's just like an arts. Like yeah. you go and experience what other people bring, basically, right? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of performance, but um, you'll never see like the lineup. But you know, you gotta just. I mean, you know, once you get there, a camp will get will put post schedules. Um, but it's not like who's headlining Burning Man this year. You know, there's when's not, the lineup coming out, right. dude? <laughs> Fuck. I hear there's an orgy tent. Oh, yeah, Orgy Dome. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Orgy Dome. Yeah, performed there a few times. Oh, nice. Orgy Dome. I was about to say, I was just like, do you, yeah. do you perform? I was like, headlining the Orgy Dome. <laughs> you, you fucking kill that. Because that'd be amazing. Because yeah. that's what I would want during an Orgy is some good tunes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not just the sound of just yeah, slapping. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's, um. yeah, it's, I mean, Burning Man's great. You guys should go. Yeah. It's almost Definitely like one of those out. things. It's like you want to try to describe it, but you, you can't can. unless you're like fucking <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I, I sort of have a philosophy about this too. Like, I, I don't like to be like, you guys have okay. to. Okay. That's what I, I like even to more now. Burning Man. Yeah. Because it sets the expectation so high. It sets then. the expectation really high. It also is really expensive and really hard to go. Yeah. And like, it's a privilege it's to, to be able to. Perfect word. Go. It is. It is. And it's like, you know, I feel like at this point I've been four times, five times. Um, I feel like I've got all my shit and I can like do it pretty easily because I, I know what's involved and yeah. I've got all my gear and, you know, uh, I know what my needs are and mm-hmm. everyone's needs at Burning Man are, are different. But to go for your first time, you're going to spend like a couple thousand dollars. Like it's just, it's a lot. Um and yeah, but it's an experience. Yeah, that's it, what it's life's great. about. It's totally an experience. It's well worth it. I 
highly doubt that anyone would go and be like, this sucks. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I doubt there's many people who regret I, going no, to No, I really Man. don't think you'd regret it. It's it's fantastic. Just kicking rocks. And yeah. Joshua Tree, though. Joshua Tree Music Festival, gem of a festival. Really? Oh, my God. It's incredible. Because they're still, like, kind of small. They're not, like, huge yeah, right now. Yeah, they're a great size. And they're such a community effort. Everyone in the community good. comes out and builds the festival grounds um, so it's just art. Everything. Oh, that's is art. awesome! Like the bar is like you know this constructed, uh, found wood like art piece, and everything's oh, decorated, and and you know you just see people out there, a couple months ahead of time decorating, and and it's just such a it's like well curated. It's a beautiful vibe, and it's, it's also there's no distinction between like performer area. And not performer area. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone just gets the same wristband. That's and great. And you get yeah. off stage and you're just off just stage. Just sense of community, basically. Exactly. There's no VIP area. There's no ropes anywhere. There's nothing. So that's what we were talking about last it's time. It's like awesome. Coachella, like they, more than half the audience is just for the VIP. So right. like if you're a, a, a normal person going, like you're you're all the way in the back. Like yeah, you, and that's, and that's, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's not right. They like heard, They heard the sheep at different, like, oh, you yeah. go over here and go over there. And that's the thing. I, one of the things you said is like, there's no differentiation, and there there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. No. We respect you're an artist, and you're here for that. But yeah. You need to respect that I'm a fan, and I'm here for that. It's a combination. Without me, there's no you. Without you, there's totally. no me. So a festival that gets that, especially at such a beautiful location, and the community understands yeah. it, and they come and they celebrate yeah. everything that sounds like is Joshua Tree. And yeah, should be there for. Yeah, and Joshua Tree is just so beautiful too. It's just it's. It's a magical place. Resonating with the earth and the vibrations. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Let's hop into another song. Uh, we talked about Warm, Bloody, and Tender. Got me very excited. The music video, fully Kickstarter funded. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to play that for you. <laughs> not even going to articulate what it's about because <laughs> the song kind of says everything that it is. Yeah. So this is going to be Warm, Bloody, and Tender by Rachel Lark. Thank you. 
I said, why not? Though I never had before. If my pussy won't clot, it might as well be sore. I started screaming and begging for more. It was a scene of blood and gore. <laughs> After For some reason that he couldn't explain He'd been unleashed in a whole new way He picked me up and said let's go again Then he turned on the lights and he saw the stains <laughs> He didn't turn the lights down and he still went down He didn't even care that his face was all brown He said girl you taste good, girl you taste sweet I said you were ready to get a monthly treat Cause just like steak, pussy tastes better Like I should take a shower after, <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed the whole process. Like, yeah. you know, it's just it's clean up. Now. Let's go hit the shower, like gang. It. it was a yeah. good. You know, the shower after filming the video was probably the most important shower I've ever taken in my life. There's <laughs> <laughs> been a lot do, of layers. Just do a lot, a lot of layers of dirt coming rinse off. And repeat. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a, it was a long time in the shower. It's like hard <laughs> to describe, you guys, what. Because, like, the, the fake blood is made mainly of corn syrup. Yeah. That was the and recipe we used. And it just, you think you're going to know what it feels like to be covered in that stuff. And it is just so much worse than you ever could have imagined. It's like the tiny, tiny little, like, hairs on your skin get, like, stuck. So, like, any oh. movement is just, like, oh. with, like, oh. it's just, and your eyelashes are, like, stuck to your face and... I, my contacts were red. My contacts were red after. Oh, <laughs> I got, like, yeah, that is dedication. dedication. Yeah. And I had this beehive too. My hair was in this big beehive, which is just like basically a full thing of hairspray. That's how you do yeah, it. I never yeah. knew before. I've never done it. Yeah. Just destroying the so ozone. <laughs> I'm covered in just like cord syrup and my head is just like a, like a fixed like sculpture of a hairspray <laughs> and I just it was like in the shower I was like I never want to get out it was awful <laughs> almost like this is just time to look now yeah right. my hair is gonna be a it's amazing that women used to do that beehive like every, every day, day. Oh every my God. day I can't that's, even that's crazy I can't even figure it out I am the so... amount of money they must be spending on hairspray alone must have been insane that, that's what was funding the economy economy yeah. I would have failed I just would have failed right. at being a woman back then. I just don't it's have what so it takes. so much work. No, it's too oh, much. It's so much work. <laughs> I just, whenever we say hairspray, I'm conditioned. I have that smell in my nose. Oh, like, yeah. My mom was doing that, and I'd like walk through oh, the Oh, I know, like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we, <laughs> wrong turn. We were children of the 90s, so yeah. <laughs> you got a whiff of that. Back when cigarettes were okay to smoke in doors. They were healthy for you Yeah, they were good. Yeah. I, I guess they're, okay. they're not healthy for you anymore. Rode on the window of the car? No way. <laughs> That was great. That was airing the car out. I got, I got a car full of kids. No, my window's down. And none of them had their fucking seatbelt on. No, but we're safe. No, we're okay. I'm in the car. Yeah. I'm driving. You guys are in the back seat. Nothing's going to happen to you back then. Oh, Rachel Lark, at Rachel Lark Music, singer-songwriter. She sings passionately and very well-spoken about sex, drugs, heartbreak, messy apartments. Uh, San Francisco... Is where she currently resides, but she's from North Carolina. North Carolina originally. East Coast. Woo. Woo. How did North Carolina shape you? Because I haven't, <laughs> I've never been to North Carolina, and I don't really have a great a understanding place. of like what really goes on there. If you could touch some light on how did that shape you as a human being? So I moved away from North Carolina when I was twelve, but I actually think so. <laughs> all right, this might, this might be a whole can of worms. Uh, San Fran or North Carolina is. Um, a interesting like place of contradictions. So 
the Wake County school system where I went to school was actually the first school system to integrate after segregation. Oh, wow. And the way that they did it was to come up with this magnet school system where basically cut up school districts okay. and sent kids across town to different school districts. So just because you lived in this neighborhood didn't mean you're going to your neighborhood school. You might Jeez. go across the city. The result of that was an incredibly great public school system because diversity makes yeah, it just it, does. it, it makes has all of better. these and i mean you know there's there's first of all the benefit of you know wealthy families have like moms that are essentially full-time volunteers for mm. schools and that's an incredible asset yeah. to the fancy schools and so you split up that resource all across the county you have that benefit but also diversity itself is a benefit so i was in a public elementary school that had a full-time dance teacher, drama teacher, music teacher. Um, we had wow. a winds program, strings program, a full-time Spanish teacher. I mean, this was Jeez. all elementary school. That's awesome. So I was doing <laughs> like full-blown musicals from kindergarten, um, and we were doing Shakespeare in fourth grade, had an incredible drama teacher who I, I'm still in touch with named Ron Coley. He was a genius. That's amazing. And um, so, you know, I, like I had, I don't think that I'd be the artist I am if I didn't have that elementary school experience. And what's sad is that as soon as the Koch brothers oh, um, got a hold of the Wake County school the system, they worst. ended the magnet school system. Um, all of those programs have been cut since then. And, you know, trying to destroy politics. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the Koch brothers are really responsible for so much. Yeah, they are. You know, what's what's gone wrong. Backdoor dealings and all that bullshit just to gain what they want. Yeah. More money in their pocket. And they pour their money into state politics where a little money goes a long way. And, you know, so um, I am always I mean, what's going on right now in North Carolina um, with the bathroom bill is horrible. But it's also like. I I don't blame North Carolina for that. I blame like the Koch brothers um, and the you know the like True. interests that have like gotten in there because pushing an agenda. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Is the people with the money have the voice at this point? Yeah, yeah, and like horrible stuff like that's yeah, exactly. Happening it's not. It's not the voice of the over. people in the state. It's the people who have yeah. the power. So yeah, I feel really grateful for like my childhood in North Carolina. It was also just. We lived in like a neighborhood that was just, it was amazing. It was like, it was diverse and it was safe and it was like the kids just ran all over the neighborhood every weekend. They could be kids. Yeah. Totally. And I just had, I had a great childhood. So, you know, I feel like if I had gone to high school in North Carolina, I might, my opinions might have like changed towards it and I, you know, (laughs) might have gotten like really jaded on Southern culture or something. But ultimately, I just like I really think fondly on that time when I was growing up there. That's I, awesome. I love how you touched on the great music and arts program because mm-hmm. those programs are getting cut. They're not very just important in North Carolina, yeah. but across the country. And yeah. the I mean, my school barely had that. Worries me the most school. is you know when you have people that are never going to come around again, like David Bowie and Prince, who passed away, and you don't have these art programs making the yeah. next David Bowie or mm-hmm. making the next yeah. ones, we're not going to have those talents anymore. No, no. we're, we're losing a generation exactly. of artists. Exactly. We really are. Who could be instrumental in not just music and the arts, but could literally change the world and spark a revolution exactly. to somebody that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we have Justin Bieber and we have the Kardashians. <laughs> well, I think so that's the- Kanye West, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I, I feel really passionately about that. Um, I think that if kids aren't pushed to perform and they're not sort of given the bar to to uh, head towards, they don't know what's no. satisfying about it. Exactly. Um, and, you know, wa- and they waste their talents. Right. And, you know, they just think like, why are you making me practice this instrument? And it's like, right, because you yeah. don't have friends that are in an orchestra who you see play exactly. and you want to play with them. It's, it's a chore. It's not fun. It's right. exactly. It's exactly. a, it becomes a chore. We exactly. should be nurturing. Like you should let them explore what they want, and then when their eyes light up, you nurture that, and then you like you yeah, set exactly. the bar because yeah. they don't know where the bar is at. Exactly. So you let them yeah. go, and then just you just tell them go. like, 
well, I think you can do better. And then they think they can do better. So. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, um, I should make a plug for there's plug have you guys the heard of, of a Bay Area Girls Rock Camp. I have not. We have not. It's awesome. I think there's I, I'm sure there's one in L.A., but it's now like a national thing and it's really cool. It brings young girls together and forms them into rock bands. And oh, nice. it's just fucking awesome. That's great. And they all That's play awesome. instruments and they all write the music together. And, you know, it starts as like a week long program where yeah. you go in not knowing any instrument and you get an hour of instrument instruction. You get assigned an instrument and a band and you get an hour of instrument instruction a day. And then at the end, wow. your band performs a song that you wrote. And it's That's like awesome. nothing could be more empowering, you know? It really is. Because, I mean, I, I just feel like a lot of um, young women just don't. They just they don't know they don't know that it's possible for them to like reach out and find other female musicians or totally. achieve this thing of like being the front of a band because a lot like we talked about before like society's or just the telling back them of a yeah band. in back of band or, or like wherever you know, wherever yeah, yeah just because like they're telling them that or they're not giving them the resources to do it really and then, yeah that's totally. awesome to do it yeah and like when I was when I was in high school and had a band all the musicians that were in my life mm-hmm. were like not only men, but they were also like in their thirties and had like drug problems. Yeah. And it was just like, I was like, I don't want to do right? that. I yeah. mean, I love music and all, but that looks awful. It's funny. Cause that's what, <laughs> that's usually what it was like when I was like in a band high school, it's either like you play with kids, your age or burnouts yeah. who, who are like giving up on the dream and they're just playing around the town right. at this point. <laughs> yes. We've sucked Thanks all so the Thanks so much hours. guys. We can't thank you enough yes, for sir, your thank time. Thank you so, so absolutely. much. Absolutely. What you are doing for the scope of not just female artists, but any artist out yeah, there. Yeah, artists, like, young artists in general. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my sister just had a child and she has a niece. And really, it feels good that there's hope for her that she can look up to young women like you that says, uh-huh. you know, there's not a fucking, there's not a stereotype you have to fit into. You know what no. the stereotype should be? You a should loving just, being. We just <laughs> live your life, love others, yes. and then just don't worry about the bullshit. And do what makes you happy and <laughs> exactly. smile. So I cannot sing my praises high enough for Rachel Ark. Go on Spotify. Go on Buy her SoundCloud. albums. Yes. Buy them now. It's a great investment. Follow and my website her, and her is rachelark.com. RachelArk.com. Easy to remember. That yep. You can find all of her tour info and her bio and everything on there. All right. Thanks, well, guys. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yes. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.